Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Happy third anniversary to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We've been bringing you pharmacy leaders and stories of success for three years. And we're so excited that you've chosen to spend your time listening and growing with us. We also have some exciting news in that we will be sharing a book called How Pharmacists Lead. Go check it out on Amazon for a pre-sale. And we are going to be sharing some of these women in pharmacy who have been leaders and their stories to inspire you. All right. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Dr. April Jones, was once a young mother who battled her two-year-old son's cancer while getting her doctorate degree. Her struggle to make the heart-wrenching decisions with her family led to a discovery of God, courage, and happiness within that helped her transform this scary misfortune into a joy-filled life. Now, after years in various pharmacy leadership roles, she is a medical director for Pfizer Oncology, is the author of No Mess, No Message, is actively involved in nonprofit endeavors and pharmacy advocacy, and co-founded the Drifted Drug Company. April, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hey, good morning, Hillary. It's so nice to be with you today. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit more about your personal life? Absolutely. So uh, yeah, since the publication of my book, I'm pretty much an open book, (laughs) literally. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share my story. I grew up in West Tennessee, so small town girl. And I really only had one view of what pharmacy was growing up. You know, I was only exposed to independent pharmacy. We had two little independent pharmacies where I I lived. And um, I really thought that that doing that and being a physician were pretty much the only two things you do in healthcare. I know that sounds super limited, but um, then in in my undergrad program, I... uh, did I worked at the hospital in phlebotomy and I got to start to see um, different roles at the hospital and uh, get a better understanding. And it, d- it definitely confirmed my desire to go into healthcare. Now, I thought that uh, I was going to do research. I wanted to get my MD and a PharmD and my little bundle of joy, my first one, <laughs> we found out uh, he was coming just the, I guess, the month that I, or right before I turned 20. So um, it definitely changed my plans a bit. And I pursued the pharmacy degree first and definitely have loved my journey in pharmacy. Um, as you mentioned, my little boy did get cancer. He got diagnosed with cancer my second year of pharmacy school. Uh, But I did continue to pursue the degree. They were 
incredibly supportive. I can't even say enough good things about Dr. Oaf and all of the faculty at UT. They were incredible um, when I was going when I was going through that time with Tyler's cancer at, at St. Jude. And um, but I found that um, maybe my heart was was more in um, not so much in oncology at that time. It was too close to home, and I really pursued management. And I figured out I liked helping to encourage others and help them learn what they're passionate about and what they're good at. And so my journey in pharmacy has taken me through retail management. I've done in-hospital management and clinic as well. So infusion and and in-clinic care and within a large health system. And then my last, as you mentioned, my, my last role I am at Pfizer in a medical director position. I've learned so much through each experience, and my goal is to always be learning and continuing to determine what my talents are and and how I can further help other people. And I've really enjoyed that about being um, there as an opportunity always in pharmacy, especially as pharmacy evolves. Um, I also got my master's degree in business just after I had my third child. And um, and it really also ha- helps me think about things from a different way. I've definitely learned a lot that we didn't learn in pharmacy school or undergraduate. And, um, and I've appreciated, you know, putting those, that knowledge and those tools in my arsenal. Wow, April, what an interesting story. And it is amazing all of the things that you were able to accomplish um, having babies during school and and just to hear more about, you know, the opportunities that you were still able to take and that you, you know, took some challenging situations uh, and have really been able to um, turn those into you know, you didn't let this that stop you, but have have turned it into um, motivation and a way to help others. So, yeah, it's so neat. And and you're now kind of full full circle back with with oncology now as the medical medical director as a medical director with with Pfizer for that. So, April, um, let's talk a little bit more about you know how you came up with the book and you know, when did you write the book and, and kind of tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. Well, I, there definitely is a backstory to that. I, I've always loved to write and I've always been a reader. Uh, but I, I never really said, you know, one day I'm going to grow up and write a book. <laughs> and I think, it, and it was years later. So to give some perspective of timeline, you know, Tyler was almost two when he had cancer and he graduated from high school this, this year. Well, actually he graduates this Saturday. So it has been a while. Um, and I, I think as pharmacists, we tend to be very compassionate and we tend to really try to be aware of, you know, maybe Uh, what's going on with our patients in terms of more than just the counsel that they're getting that day or just the care that they're getting. 
and that interaction with us at that time, because we know that there's so many factors that play into the patient's success. And so I feel like I've always been kind of sympathetic and had a a patient first mindset. And my belief has always been, if there's anything that I have learned that I can convey to someone else that could help them, then I should do that. You know, and I, it's one of those things that it takes some time and it takes some, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a withdrawal sometimes from our, our energy bank, but it doesn't cost us anything else. Right. And it's, it's the least that we can do. I think if what we've went through or knowledge that we've gained can help someone really, and sometimes change their life, I think that we should do that. And so, um, I actually had just started journaling for me several years ago and just realizing I wanted to just kind of do some self-analysis. And, and I realized that I approach certain things or have certain attitudes because of some of the difficult things that I went through. And it's more than just getting through a difficult situation, but it's really let allowing it allowing what you went through to change you for the better and potentially become a platform that you can build on. And I had a dear friend and I talk about her in the book. We grew up together in that small town and her son and my son ended up being treated at the hot at St. Jude at the same time when they were young. And um, Tyler's tumor was cancerous. And her son, Wesley's tumors were brain tumors that were benign at the time. So over the years, they managed these um, tumors that he had and um, they had to treat him for seizures and, you know, keep the size small. And he developed some new symptoms when he was 16 and they found out that he, he, in fact, the, um, the growths had changed and they had mutated into stage four glioblastoma. So I find myself really trying to be a supportive friend to my friend, Angela and Wesley made it about another year. Um, They did some clinical trial. They did a clinical trial and he made it about another year. And at the end, you know, she was very strong and positive and graceful throughout the majority of that And it was only until kind of the end where she had a difficult time answering questions and updating others on how he was doing. It start she started to get emotional. And I said, you know, this is all these feelings are normal. Like you're you you feel some kind of like shame or that you're exhibiting weakness, but like what you're going through is what all moms with kids that cancer go through. And so I sent her my, the things that I had journaled and, you know, Angela said, this helped me so much. And I think that you have to share this with other people that are going through hard times and you need to make this a book. So I committed to sending her a chapter every month until it was done. And that's what I did. Wow, what a neat story to be able to share it with a friend and and she was basically kind of your your 
one person audit you I guess whenever we think about like who are your, who's your audience or who are you writing for what's your message um but I'm sure that it has just helped so many other people along the way too how do you how did you go about publishing it or or what would you you know recommend for other people out there who may have gone through difficult times as well and um feel like they want to be able to tell their story well, it was definitely, it was, you know, it was definitely not an easy process. And I, I was completely, you know, at when I started the project, completely unprepared for, for what all that was really going to look like. But um, you know how we can be uh, as driven as we are. I felt like if it could help one person, if it could help someone else, then putting the message out there was worth it. And so I really started to explore, um, you know, I've done some writing before in terms of blogs and things like that. So I thought, you know, maybe this should just be a blog or maybe this, you know, what, it, I'm not sure what this should become. Maybe I should pitch this to a publishing company or I didn't really know what all the options were for publishing. So I connected with other authors that, um, you know, our friends of mine who kind of went down this path before. So Andrew Kerr is um, in healthcare leadership here. He's actually um, owns the tech company 40 AU in Nashville. Um, he, I reached out to him first. We know we've known each other through some board work that we did together for uh, the amputee blade runners. And he, I said, you know, what do I do next? <laughs> I have this, all of this, and I don't really know what to do next. And so, you know, what did you do? I, and I just, I decided to start asking questions for my friends. And, and he actually said that he had had a couple of other author friends that had reached out and, and we kind of put together a little, um, he, you know, he put together a little group of, of local authors that were kind of in the process of developing projects to get together and talk about the process and our journey and what's been successful for others and what was working, what wasn't working. And it was hugely helpful to me. Rebecca Munn, um, she is uh, also in healthcare locally, and um, she has a couple of books. Actually, she's going through a book publishing or she a book launch right now, and she wrote the book, The Gift of Goodbye. So it was so connecting with others, I think, just like in, in pharmacy or any other area um, that have already kind of paved that trail for themselves was incredibly helpful. I, I gained mentors through that and really helped to, to determine what the pros and cons of each type of publishing was, because there's self-publishing, there is um, hybrid publishing, there's using a traditional publisher there is um, also kind of a self-publishing with health, kind of like, so I actually determined that um, for a number of reasons, I really wanted to publish under my own brand. So I wanted, it's kind of like self-publishing, but I hired book launchers to help me with doing what they do best, which is like build, you know, like at the looking at it from a publisher perspective, going through your book with the fine tooth, kind of refining it, 
rebuilding parts, determining that every piece is as good as it could possibly be. And then they also help you with the layout, um, pulling all the pieces together and marketing for your launch and and then long-term marketing if you choose to stay with them. So they were incredibly helpful. And um, so I did that. And then I started my own LLC, the Drifted Drum Company with my son, which is the business, we call it the business of encouragement. So he has his own apparel line. We have, um, we do events that uh, kind of bring people together in the community and help them become aware of other non, you know, nonprofits or resources in the community. And we, and it also encompasses my, um, my publishing. So it's my publishing company as well. So I have my book and then I have a companion journal and I, I don't, it's not a goal for 2020, but I do have kind of a five-year goal of helping potentially publish another author to share their story. I have, I have coached some other authors through their writing process. Um, one was just launched in the women's Christian sector called uh, Life After the Mistake. And um, and so I really enjoyed that process of helping other people tell their story. And I think it's definitely going to be a long-term goal of the Drifted Drum Company. Amazing. So April, you also have so much good experience with leadership. Can you tell us a little bit about what some of your learnings have been over the years about uh, maybe being a leader and in, in leadership? Yes, I um, I would say that I, I I definitely have a couple of of tips I can I can offer there things that I've learned with time. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. I would say one is the importance of authenticity and humility. I know I mentioned my friend Andrew's book, um, The Humility Imperative about humble leadership. I, I think that when we're young and we start out with an idea of, of what a leader looks like, we think about you know, being polished and having an executive presence, right? And and I do think that there's a level of respect that you get with that. But in my experience, really having a team that can achieve goals together and are engaged and are are a happy group, you know, really kind of almost feel like that family away from your family. I think you have to be honest and human and in tune with what is important to them and aligning goals so that they know what's important to you, what's important to the organization and how do you get there together and allowing them to be part of, allowing them to be part of those um, decisions or at least give feedback on how to 
achieve those goals together as a group. And I think that um, getting your hands dirty, you know, just genuinely helping when they need help and being in tune to that is important. And so really building a respect as a peer, not just a leader and a mentor, but you can be both. And I think that that's been what I've enjoyed the most about being a leader, especially in our field, is that I've had those opportunities to work closely with others and help them identify opportunities to grow. And also the successes of the team then become truly the success of the team. It's not the success of the leader, the success of one person, but it's everyone can feel like they have ownership in that. And I think that that's what's been so enjoyable to me about, you know, being able to connect with others in that way and, and really enjoy the work together. I think the other thing that I'll say is that things don't always go your way. When you're a leader, you think that you make decisions and, you know, you don't necessarily plan for the unplanned, for the unexpected, I think sometimes. And whether it's home life or whether it's work life, like we're all human, we're all people that either, you know, sometimes we make mistakes, we all make mistakes, but, and we have to always have integrity and, and be honest. But, and from the other side of things too, things happen to us that we don't plan, you know, you're, at work, your budgets get cut or things happen or at home, you know, you might have, in our case, we, you know, we were, we got the cancer diagnosis, but there's all kinds of things that happen on the home front. And it's very difficult to be one person at home and a different person for another eight hours a day and, and feel like the one environment doesn't impact the other, you know, so it's vice versa. And, Balance is very important, but also recognizing your your own state of mind, your mental health, being positive, trying to find joy in each place, recognizing what you can control over what you can't control, and really be empowered to do what you can to make your situation better, I think are all important for all of us, but especially those in leadership roles. Yeah. Wow. So many good tips there. You know, what can we control versus what we can't? And also, you know, how to share and lift up your team and recognize those because they so crave that recognition and, you know, you being their supervisor or leader, um, it just means the world to them when, when you're able to do that. So April, you have given us so much great advice already, but one of my favorite questions to ask all of my guests at the end is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? I would say, I would say that things aren't always going to be easy, but they will always be okay. And, um, you know, and I, I feel that's important for younger people to know, um, because I think at that age, as a young, as a young person going into the healthcare profession, or just life in general, as a grown up, a new mom, 
um, a new wife, whatever your your role is, things come at you that that you don't plan, you know. And I I think that so I I share my book, you know. Really, there's three things. There's three ways adversity comes at us. One is it's our own fault. So something that we've done or a decision that we've made, whether it seemed right or wrong at the time, has found us in, you know, an unfortunate predicament. And there's ways that we, there are things that we have to do to go about resolving those, right? And figuring out where do we go from there. And I think there's an element of even self-forgiveness that has to happen. We have to identify what we did wrong and learn from it rather than regret it. And then two is things that other people do that cause our situation. You know, we think of them as someone else's fault. And, um, and that's a whole different kind of approach uh, towards gaining resolve. And the third thing it, uh, is the bad luck, right, is what we think of it. Or some people, you know, may blame it on, on God or karma or whatever they, whatever that looks like for them. But, and then that's, that's a whole nother approach. And what I want to say is things happen. They just do. And so you have to work towards being positive, identifying what you can and can't control, analyzing your situation and figure out how to move forward. So things aren't always going to be easy, but if you can do that, then things will always be okay. Well, thank you so much, April, for all that great advice and for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, have a a hard job out there. Don't let anyone tell you differently, Um, but you're changing people's lives and you're doing great things. And, you know, healthcare wouldn't be the same without you. I I encourage you to uplift each other, get involved in organizations where you can do that. You know, um, Hillary and I both really enjoy our, um, our time with others and TPA and TSHP and all of those organizations that bring us together as professionals to make a change, to make the organization um, or to make our profession better and the the day-to-day lives uh, more fruitful for pharmacists. And I encourage you guys to do the same and um, be, be healthy and be happy and, and help each other. Our new book on women in leadership will be launching soon. Head over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead to sign up to be in the first to get access to our new book on women in pharmacy leadership. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We are going to be relaunching our newsletter, so be sure that you're signed up over at pharmacyadvisory.com. There's a place to sign up for the newsletter, and we're going to be sharing some good content there. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. 
And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 